Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am excited that you guys are here with us today. We're talking about something that both Dean and I are currently involved in that we're very excited about. And so it's a Dean and James only episode. But before it can be such, I must announce the one, the only, the bearded wonder from the United King Kingdom. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the studio, Mr. Dean Holland. <laughs> the United King is here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, wait a second. Did I just like reveal that I think you're the king or like what <laughs> sort of mess up did I just make? Uh, well, better than being called the queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which has happened on a few occasions. <laughs> right. Usually on Saturdays. Usually on Saturdays right after you get off your uh, burlesque show. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> That's the queen to you. Yes, excuse me, Your Majesty. Uh, so we don't have time to get into that right now. Right, that's a different show. It's a completely different show, yeah. That one will be airing at some other point in the future. In the meantime, so some of you guys may or may not know, Dean and his lovely wife, Robin, have started a uh, an e-commerce company based on some of the stuff that Robin's passionate about, skincare and, and things of that nature. And these guys are killing it. And I thought it would be negligent if we didn't do an episode talking about what you guys are up to and then some of the lessons for listeners who are either in e-commerce or who are thinking about e-commerce stuff and how that could apply to them. What do you think, Dean? Yes. Yes. I would love to talk about this. It's like very current right now. And uh, as you just say, like things are getting very exciting. Well, I would love to share first, if you don't mind. I already mind. I don't know what you're <laughs> going to say, but I'm, I don't like it. What I'm always like cautious of in things that I do is everybody loves to talk about like this moment now, like, oh my gosh, it's growing so fast. And like, it, it just feels like everything's turning to gold, but it's actually taken. I don't even know if you realize this, James, but I think it's been about three years for this to happen. You know, it's always like everyone talks about the overnight success, but no one realizes the three years it took to actually make that happen. And so it is, it is like insanely exciting now, but it's definitely been a process to get there. And it, it like, oh gosh, even, even just thinking about it now, like there has been some weird, crazy highs and lows in order to reach this stage. And well, I'm certain in the stuff that we can share and discuss here today that hopefully anyone that's in the e-commerce space in the earlier stages or like thinking about it, hopefully like I definitely think some of the stuff that we can share today should help people bypass the three years or years that we went through. Because I like, honestly, we did a lot of stuff wrong. I think what a lot of our listeners, if they, if they listen regularly, hi, mom, would know <laughs> us more for is more like digital trainings and courses and like consulting and, and coaching and live events. And so I've never had any experience in all honesty in like physical 
e-commerce brands and products. And so it was just like this crazy, crazy learning curve over the last few years. And I think if I knew three years ago what we know now, I honestly think we could have done what we're doing now within six to 12 months. So hopefully, hopefully we can share a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, that would be great. So why don't we give everybody a little bit of context? Like tell right. like what kind of business is it exactly? Okay. So it's in the um we're in the makeup and beauty space or cosmetics, I guess, would be the kind of broad category. So this has been one of the things. Like it is undoubtedly probably one of the biggest niches and industries that you could ever choose to go into, right? I mean, if gosh, if you talk about playing with some big players. We're up against like billion dollar brands here. This isn't this isn't any child's play as such. We didn't make things easy on ourselves. We decided to pit it against some of the yeah. biggest budgets and brands on the planet today. So yeah, it was a, <laughs> a bit of a strange decision really. But how it all came about is, so my wife, well, she, we weren't married at the time, but she used to be a uh, telesales person at a, like a, an internet company. So she would sell internet services to companies and uh, she was very, very good at her job. But every day it got to the stage where she was literally calling me at lunch. Like she'd run out of the office and she would call me like in tears because she was doing so well at her job that actually her bosses started screwing her over, over her commissions. Cause she was like literally squashing any other sales rep in the company And she ended up getting like a bad deal and it was really upsetting her and she was losing money that really should have been hers. And it got to the point, me being me, like, I'm like, well, if you're not happy, you should change something. But she doesn't, she never quite had that same confidence as I had. You know, I'm a huge risk taker. I have a huge tolerance to risk. And so I'd just be like, well, you should just quit. You should just do it. And she, she never did. And, and this went on for a little while and, and she came home one day and I just handed her this envelope. And uh, she was like, what's this? And she'd been, she'd been on the phone crying to me earlier that afternoon. And I was like, look, whatever you're doing there, however good you're doing, it's not worth what you're going through. So you need to go to work tomorrow and just give that to your boss. And it was basically, I'd written her a letter of resignation. And uh, (laughs) that's amazing. And that's how it all came about. And she actually did it. I didn't think she would, but she did. She'd obviously reached the low point there. Did she read the letter first before she gave it to them? She didn't trust me that much. I mean, you wouldn't trust trust me that much. I was like, that's some blind faith right there. (laughs) But I'd done it. I'd done it nicely and properly. And and nonetheless, she went in, she handed it in at the end of the month, she finished her job and we literally had no plan. There was no plan. I, I sort of sat down with her and I was like, okay, what do you want to do? Like, what do you enjoy? Just throughout this process of elimination, she came up with like, well, I enjoy doing makeup. Like that's something I enjoy. She'd actually done it at college like 10 years earlier. She'd done like a two-year course on like beauty and stuff. So we came to that decision, but I was like, uh, this this sounds a bit tough. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't know if we're cut out for this. So out of curiosity, what made you think that? Because you didn't have experience in the industry or was there something else? Well, there was two things. Yeah, like number one, I knew like, whoa, like how are we going to compete? How are we... Just these two people from home going to compete in an industry where brands are just pouring billions of dollars a year into ads, just like brand awareness. Like, how are we going to compete with that? So that was like one big worry. And the other thing, to be honest, was initially just being completely truthful, 
I thought it was more about like a hobby for her, like a passion. I'm like, oh, can you, I'll be honest in saying that initially I was like, well, how do we couple together like a passion of yours with actually making money with it? And to combine the fact that this is in a huge competitive industry, I just, I had doubt in all honesty is the truth. I didn't know whether we would be able to do it. And that's just the truth. I thought this is too big of a task here. I, don't, I just don't know if we can do it. But at the end of the day, like we settled on that, she, she said that was the only thing she could see herself doing. And so that's the path we went. And so began this process into like, bear in mind at this stage, like I hadn't even ever considered any kind of physical products really in the e-commerce space. I'm all digital products, courses and things. So we literally were like, okay, what the heck do we do? And while you're while you're getting ready to talk about all of that, yeah, it would be better in my mind if you intentionally don't talk about the site or the brand or the exact product, right? Because I know that this whole funnel hacker community sometimes goes a little bit too far, <laughs> right? And I don't want to see anybody be like, oh, like we're doing the same thing as Dean because it's working so well, right? Yeah. I can totally see that happening. Oh yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, I got my I got my eyes on you guys. Yeah, I know how yeah, it works. we're watching you, right? <laughs> exactly. But here's the uh, here's the funny thing. I did the only thing at that stage that I'd actually heard people speaking about, and I'd heard about this place called Alibaba. I was like, oh, I think that's what people do. They buy they buy stuff off there, and then they just sell it online. I think that's the game. I think that's that's how it's played. And if, and if I'm not mistaken, that was originally where you bought your first budgies. Was Alibaba correct? Yes, they arrived in a in an airtight box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hence why they were all dead. <laughs> yes. So that's what we did. We went to Alibaba, and we were just like. It was it was just such a like a funny stage when I think back because we literally said Robin obviously looked at it she's got more product knowledge than me I just know how to sell stuff and she was like oh we looked on Alibaba and we came across some like these lipstick things like you can tell the extent of my knowledge right I'm like these lipstick things yeah you don't have to play it down we know that <laughs> right? you're very well versed in that that goes it ties in with your whole burlesque <laughs> dancing and everything else. <laughs> What we did, we ordered a bunch of them. And this is hilarious looking back. I don't know why we did this, but then we were like, okay, well, we should probably just sell these on eBay. That's what we'll do. We'll order these lipsticks in and we'll just sell them on eBay. And that was the beginning of the business. Right. And we started selling, you know, one or two a day. And this went on for months and months, like probably the first six to nine months of the business was just trying to sell stuff on eBay. Only in the UK as well, by the way, just to be clear. So we're just in the UK and still are right now. But just nothing was happening. And obviously, it was a tough situation for Robin because she'd gone from being the highest earning sales rep at the company she worked at to now earning no money and not even really being able to sell more than three or four lipsticks. And just to be clear, these are things that were selling for like, the equivalent of like $2. So we're talking about here, like nine months, maybe even one year into doing this full time. She was making maybe like five bucks a day. Oh man, that's, you guys are living large. Right. Yeah. We were balling. We were popping bottles of champagne. Life was crazy. <laughs> like driving Lamborghinis. <laughs> like life was just insane at this stage. Right. But in all seriousness, like Robin was, it was like massively affecting her massively on a, on a personal level. 
it was really taking its toll because obviously in her mind, and I think I, I take some responsibility for this in all honesty, if we're to like just be truly raw here and talk about this. I felt the guilt because I'd led her out of her job, right? Ultimately, it was me. I'm like, you should quit your job right now. And she did. Like, Well, you not only did that, you wrote the letter right, for I, her. I literally <laughs> wrote the letter and she quit her job, which she was earning decent money. You know, she was 100% self-sufficient, could do what she wants within reason. You know, she's making all her own money. Life's amazing. To me, like being like, no, you, you deserve better. Leave your job and let's start a business for you that you can be happy in. You can imagine, obviously, at the start, it's just like massive excitement. She's doing her own thing. I'm going into this thinking like, yeah, I'm a marketing badass. I'm going to help my wife get rich and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, she's going to love me forever and life's going to be amazing. So like a year on, she's like got no money, can't make any money, can't even like in her mind, you know, I, I know because we spoke obviously at length about this, like she couldn't contribute towards any of the bills in the house. Like she couldn't even take herself out and buy herself any shoes. Like it was hard. It was real, real tough. And it was very difficult actually seeing her go through this. And and all the while, in all honesty, like I felt like I'd caused this. You know, like I've put her in this situation. What an absolute jackass I am. You know what I mean? Does that do you see what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? Well, I've I felt the responsibility. Yeah, completely. For that. And no, it it does make a lot of sense. I mean, you uh you know, you kind of Hey, here's here's a new possibility for you. Yeah. And then now she's making five dollars. Right. Day. After a year. <laughs> you know, and was- yeah. And for what it's worth, it's not very hard for me to imagine you as a jackass, just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say I'm surprised you didn't back that up a little more, to be honest. Well, I was just like, okay, I know where you're going with this, but I did need to make sure everyone understands that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so that was literally the first year. It was literally just trying to we imported a few products tried to sell them on eBay, got just a handful of sales a day after a year. And then we obviously had, it just wasn't working. Like we had to rethink something through here. And I I actually started to look at this stage. I started to look for like a mentor for her, somebody that had done the e-commerce thing. Cause I'm like, I'm putting you down in the dirt here. Like it's clearly my lack of experience as well. I, I don't know what to do here at this stage. I'm clearly not working. It's not working what we're doing. What are we going to do about it? We did end up getting Robin a mentor in the e-commerce space, a friend of both of ours, actually, Trey. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So after like a year, she joined Trey's program. So we joined that and we, you know, we went through his training. Obviously, he's done insane, incredible, incredible things in the e-commerce space. And so we went through yeah. that and we, you know, we learned a ton of stuff from what he was doing. And we learned about creating funnels around the e-commerce products and, you know, better gain knowledge on sourcing the product and how to test products. And we, we just all round, you know, without going into the nitty gritty of everything, all round, we developed and learned a lot more skills that related to actual physical e-commerce products and brands and sales. And coupling that together with more my superpowers and strengths on the marketing and sales side of things, we ended up developing, uh, creating our own range of a different kind of product. Now, like you say, we we won't name everything. I won't just give away the whole business here. But nonetheless, still within the, the cosmetic space, it didn't really take off that well. 
like it was better. We were now selling products on our own website. So we, we dropped the eBay thing. We now, you know, because of that, you know, we were actually starting to sell products on our own site and get our own customers, right? So we're now building a list of our own customers instead of just eBay having those. But still sales-wise, like nothing really happening. And again, this happened in the second year. So year one was just bad. Year two comes along and now we're doing better, but not like what I'd perhaps led her to believe we could be doing when she quit her job, you know? So I'm still like, I'm still under delivering here on my promises. So now we've, <laughs> we've gone from $5 a day to $10. Right. Yeah. And honestly it was, um, I'd say for the first, so first year, just nothing. Then the next six months, I'd say we probably went, she was probably then starting to get to maybe like a couple of thousand bucks a, a month in sales. I think year right, two right. was maybe around about 30-ish thousand in the year. For the year, which is at least starting to become respected. Right. We're now starting to like see something happen. I mean, she's still earning less than her job was paying at this stage because of her like good sales and that, but it's starting to happen. There's something in this. We're now like, we have a glimmer of hope because I think year one, the hope was gone. It was like, I think even in her mind, she's thinking, I need to go back and get my job. This, is, this hasn't worked. We gave it a good go. It hasn't worked. But as the months went into year two, and as that started going through, we started to get this glimmer of hope. It was like, there's something there in this. People want this product. It's a good product. The feedback we were getting, even though we weren't getting many customers, people loved the product. So we'd validated this product. We knew we had something. We knew it was there, but it just wasn't selling. Like The feedback from the product should have meant that this thing was just flying like crazy. And so this actually then, so if you imagine year one goes by, nothing, hope is lost. Year two comes along. By the end of that year, we've had a glimmer of hope, but we're still a bit, why isn't it selling more? I'm sure we can all say that in our business. Like, why isn't this selling better? You're like, why? It's the best thing in the world. Like, why isn't this selling more? We took a good step back. I think this, this was one of the best things we ever did was we took a break and we took a step back from it. And I had this realization that we were trying to. You know what, you know what I said at the beginning? I was like, <laughs> perfect time. You know what I said at the beginning? Let's reevaluate <laughs> how we've been running this business. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I said at the beginning was, how would we compete with these billion-dollar brands? Yeah. Right? right. I said, how is it even going to be possible? And I realized after like a couple of years, that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to compete with the brands. This big realization was we are going to lose that fight. We don't have the money they have. We don't have the reputation they have. We don't have the brand equity they have. We are a complete stranger showing up with a product that's available from tens of thousands of other businesses. And in reflection, what's happening is we're selling a few because we have a good product. But what's not yeah. happening is we aren't attracting people passionately to us. And so we had this huge turning point where we decided to stop being a cosmetics company. And instead be a specific, I guess the simple way to put this was we started to carve out 
our own slice of a very big pie. Instead of trying to take a tiny piece of a big pie, we we started like trying to carve out our own little subcategory within this massive cosmetic space. And we started instead, and I don't mind giving this away as such because it doesn't give too much away, but instead of being like a cosmetics brand selling beauty products to every woman that possibly wears makeup, because that's where we were. It's like, we have a great cosmetics product. Let's try and sell it to every woman that wears makeup. And that's what we were trying to do, right? She seems crazy looking back, but that's where we were at the time. To now, what we actually do, we help specifically, we have the greatest product to specifically help women with different forms of skin conditions, whether it's you know acne or other, other skin conditions without getting into it all. So now we've gone from trying to sell stuff to every woman that wears makeup to now becoming specialized in the area of this being the greatest product that women with any form of skin condition could use on their body. So you've extremely narrowed your focus. Yes, absolutely. And as well, I, I tell you another thing, and this would be a huge bit of advice for anyone. We actually figured out what we were selling. Uh, let me explain, because that, that doesn't really give too much away. We were trying to sell this product, just this commodity product that was a great product, but it was just a thing that could be bought from tens of thousands of other places, literally. It could be bought from anywhere. There's other comparable products, let's put it that way. What we figured out was we weren't selling a beauty product. What we were selling was confidence. Yeah, there you go. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. We had this huge moment of realization where, number one, we narrowed down our focus. We niched down to now become specialized, which gave the product a heightened sense of appeal to those people. Like now we'd gone from like struggling to sell to a few people every day to like magnetically attracting people passionately that saw our product as the solution to their problem. But in doing that, what we realized was from the feedback that was coming in is no longer were people saying things like, oh yeah, good product, this is really good, to now them being like, oh my gosh, like this has changed my life. Well, and can I pause you for one quick second? Yeah. So the, I think the distinction about, you know, you went from selling a beauty product to selling confidence is such a, I don't want that to like get lost in this because it's such an important distinction. None of us who are selling anything are actually selling the thing that we think we're selling. Right. We are always selling the result that the person buys our thing to get, right? Because if somebody could get the result that they wanted without your thing, they would go ahead and they would do that. Yes. But if your thing becomes the vehicle and the path for them to get that result, then they're like, yeah, then this is a no-brainer. And on the surface, it's like, oh my God, we're selling so many of these products. Really, you're just tapping into the result and the outcome and the feeling that somebody actually wants at the end of the day. Exactly. Exactly. And if you can sell to that, oh my gosh, it has been transformational. I cannot begin to even explain how quickly things shifted once those realizations happened. I'm going to tell you something now that was very difficult between my wife and I. I saw this 
And and I said to her, like, we have to change. I've got it. I think this is the thing. Now, obviously, at this stage, bear in mind, for the last two years, I probably completely let her down. But I, I felt this thing. I'm like, I think this is what we've got to do. Those two things I just said, I said to her, like, I think this is what we've got to do. And she was massively hesitant. I'd actually, if truth be told, I said this to her about four to six months before it actually happened. But she was worried about making the change. Because if you think like year one, nothing happened. But year two, there was that glimmer of hope, maybe like $30,000 or something revenue year two. Now, she was worried that if we made this change, it would crumble again. And obviously, year one was so painful for her that the idea of going back to that scared her to death. So I'd come to her with these ideas and like, this is what I think's it. This is what we've got to do. But she fought me on it. And now, obviously, it's her business at the end of the day. And so I let it be. I'm like, okay, if you you don't think it's right, I'm going to listen to you. We're going to do what you want to do. But like nothing was changing. And eventually she pushed herself to make the change. And that was the turning point. So like, I just want to say as well to anyone listening to this, because just because I'm trying to, you know what we do on this show, James? I mean, what are we called here? We're called just the tips for a good reason, Dean. So we're going to need to keep throwing them in every now and then. So another tip, don't be afraid to make a change if you feel that A, things aren't right and working, but B, if you feel the change could be positive. Don't fear the change because honestly, like if you know things aren't working as they are, you have to be willing to take a calculated risk to better it. And can I just add something to that that you're highlighting here? Another tip. We're going in. We're going in strong (laughs) now. One of the other things to add to that is something that I've believed for a long time. Good is the enemy of great. Something where you are comfortable is the biggest reason why you're not creating something that's spectacular. It's easy for us to say, okay, well, you know, second year, she made like 30 grand. At least something's working. All of that way better than the $5 a day, right? Anyone would agree with that. But in terms of what's possible, in order to get to that next level of what is possible, in many, many cases, you have to abandon what's working okay. Right. Right. Like you have to still consistently be in pursuit of greatness and excellence in order to find it. You can't settle for what's just okay, even if it feels comfortable. Yes. Yeah. That's incredible. Like that is perfect. I just think, to be honest, if I look back, I'm like, oh my God, like if we did not make that change, it wouldn't be here probably right now. There's no way it could have kept going. You sort of like told everybody this, (laughs) this heart wrenching story, the ups (laughs) and the downs and everything else. The whole reason that we're talking about this now is the results are incredibly staggering after you guys made this change. So can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we're now into year three, right? So we've got the whole story, the backstory, it's all there. So now we hit upon this magical moment where we know who we're speaking to. We've finally got clear on like who we're going after here and why and how we can help that person. We've got super clear on like what our product is actually doing for that person. You know, we've understood what we're actually selling here. And now, now we start figuring out the ad side of things. And we, we right now, like we only use Facebook ads. Like we haven't even had to yet venture anywhere else. I I don't know like how much detail you want me to go into here, but if, uh, well, I want to know, Here's what I'd like for you to share. Cause you and I, we recently went on a cruise together and we were talking about all this sort of stuff, right? 
what I would like for people to hear is how many customers per day you're getting now and your return on your ad spend, as well as the just the exponential increase in volume that has almost become a problem unto itself. Right. <laughs> yes. Good point. So when you and I, we, when we were on the cruise, was that six weeks ago? Something like that? I don't know. Feel, feels like a lifetime well, it ago. It feels like sure a million years ago, but let's say like two months ago, right? The business is in a position where it's producing maybe like three to $600 a day in revenue, maybe getting maybe getting, I don't know, 30 to 50 customers a day at best. I'm talking like, that's like, oh my gosh, we broke a record. We did $600 today. You know, like that. Right. And, and again, for like most people, they're like, oh my God, like, you know, $600 a day, roughly speaking is almost 20 grand a month. Right. Right. So you're going from 30 grand in a year to 20 grand a month. This is an enormous victory. Right. But that's well, I think, but that's not I think where not, you guys not to uh, to be sure I'm not over exaggerating here like that was like a peak day the best month that we had was like a little over twelve thousand pounds which is probably about it's under fifteen thousand dollars so that was like our record breaking month now that was two months ago now today as we sit here right this second we literally do not have the ability to get stock fast enough to continue scaling. So for the past week, we're getting anywhere between 200 to 300 customers a day, every day, like clockwork. Yeah, that's amazing. We're spending about four, in in US dollars, probably about $400 a day on ads to produce two to 300 customers. So you can do the math on how low cost we're getting buyers into the business there. That is turning into, I mean, the same day. So this isn't, this is, I I stress that because in my business, I'm like, oh, maybe we'll break even in the first 30 days. And then maybe after 90 days, we'll be in profit. The same day that we spend $400, we're getting over 2000 back. So, uh, and that's in in UK pounds, by the way. Like I don't know the conversion on that, maybe $2,500 a day. Uh, yeah. And and like, yeah, maybe even a little bit more than that. Yeah. So, so, I mean, at the time that we're doing this, we're only what, like 12 days or something into the month at the time we're speaking here, she just crossed us dollars, about $25,000 for the month in the first like 11, 12 days. And, but most of that has happened in the last seven days because we just, I just started scaling the ads. And I think we just can't get the stock fast enough. Like you just said, it's become a victim of its own success in that sense, which we're, de- we're not complaining, but it's taking us because we actually manufacture the product overseas. It takes us like 30 days from when we place an order to when it ships. And we thought we'd ordered enough stock for the next three months, but that stock will be gone in probably three weeks. So that just shows how fast this is now growing. We ordered enough stock for three months. It runs out in three weeks. So we're kind of uh, at this very exciting stage, uh, especially for her, you know, given the background that I've shared, you know, to now see her like she's in complete shock. Like she's now making like more in two days than she made in a month in her job. Right. And it's, it's just amazing to actually see. Well, and if I could pull out a couple of yeah. things here, just to highlight one, we've said this over and over and over and over again. This is a core and fundamental belief that I have. Most of the time when you're starting a business or you're at a certain stage in the business, 
you're forecasting what your outcome will be and you're being, man, that was, that would be such an amazing result. Like if, if we could only get there, it'd be so great. Like everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be amazing. Right. And every single problem that we solve creates a new problem. Right. At every stage of growth in business, right? And so here we are, we're breaking new sales records, but what's the problem that now we're now experiencing? Okay, we can't we can't get inventory fast enough. We can't do this. We've got, you know, all these other things. And so there's never this utopian vision that comes to manifest because we live in the real world and we encounter challenges with every single thing that we create. And, and that's normal, right? And I think I think a lot of people trip themselves up by believing that there's a finish line, right? right? Yes. There's really no finish line. It's just, you keep going, you earn the right to create new and higher quality problems. And that's exactly what you guys have done here, which is, which is awesome. And now it's like, okay, cool. How do we get creative and resourceful about, you know, handling those challenges and those problems? And I think that, you know, for me, that's one of the takeaways that I really want people to zero in on, as well as the other thing that, that we talked about a moment ago, but also on top of that, the power of focus and niching down mm. on some, on a message as opposed to being too broad right cuz you know the whole reason we're even having this episode is not just it's not so just a dean you can you know kind of talk about what a great result this is it's because there's real lessons in For here sure. that apply to every single person who's listening definitely right? and it makes sense to know your market it makes sense to know what results they want it makes sense to niche down and to focus your message on getting those things to those people in that way. And so I just want to make sure some of these, what I think are some of the tips, the story is so compelling, but I want to make sure people don't lose the clear actions right. and takeaways that they can have that will translate to them no matter what business they're For running. For sure. And here's here's something pretty cool, actually. Like This is pretty awesome just because she didn't used to know anything two years ago. I'm actually doing this episode in my office now the door's closed, but Robin's actually working away in the office in another room. And obviously she knows I'm doing this podcast with you. And whilst you were just talking there, she sent me a whole bunch of tips that she's learned over the last two years. So like, if you want, I can just reel off some bullet point tips direct from the store. Actually, you know what? You know what I think would be amazing? What's that? We need to get Robin on the show. Oh, not necessarily right now. We need to do an episode with Robin where she's talking about these tips because I think showing the the journey of somebody who's literally quit their job, struggled for their first year in doing business, kind of eked by on year two, and it's now blowing it up on year three, I think I think she'd be a great guest. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Not to mention, she'll, uh, she'll certainly be an ally for me in giving you shit, right. which will be really amazing. That is true. You'd be, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going to get back up today. My wife's on. You would both just gang up on me and destroy me. Yes. And I'm looking forward to all of the reasons <laughs> for having her on the show. As a... <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But yeah, that would be a great well, idea. We could follow this up. With that. Yeah. Let's do that. I think that would be really cool. But just to wrap things up for today, what thoughts do you want to leave people with in terms of this whole story, which I find very inspiring and then also very ripe with opportunities to pull tips out that anyone can use in their own business. Sure. I, I would say like, honestly, the biggest thing has been continuing on when everything feels like it's failing. And I think there's moments for everybody listening to this, including me and no doubt including you is like, there are so many challenges you face in starting and growing a business. 
And I think, especially when you're just starting out, like you just said there perfectly, is like you just keep opening up new challenges that you have to figure out and you have to overcome. But one of the things I can definitely say over this last three years is like, it was tough when everything that we tried just wasn't working out. But I think what's been proven here is that the main things that actually had to be figured out, if you take out all the like nitty gritty, stupid stuff that we probably did over the last few years, is like if you can figure out who you're selling to and who you want to sell to and why and provide the ultimate solution for those people and then find the optimum way of getting that thing in front of them, you can build your business probably faster than you probably even realize. I mean, most of this story, like I gave the long three-year version, most of this has happened in the last 10, eight, 10 weeks. It it literally went from failure to where it is now. Probably, Even though it was a three-year journey, it's mainly happened in the last like eight to 10 weeks or something. I think there's an important distinction there too, like not to trivialize the runway that was necessary to create what's happening right now. Right. Right. Think about the whole situation. One, she did quit her job, you know, however that happened. Right. And that, that was a risk, right? It was a risk. It's like, okay, I'm going to leave this thing, which is a known quantity and I'm going to go and I'm going to do my own thing. And (laughs) you know, my husband's encouraging me to do this, like all this stuff. Right. (laughs) And all of that, but you will never, ever, ever create any kind of result like you guys are creating right now without starting somewhere. Sure. You can't. Yeah. You can't expect this kind of result without at least, you know, getting into the game and whatever game that happens to be. And in this case, you guys got into the game and you said, okay, this is the space we're in. And being in that space and seeing how it wasn't working gave you the basis to start looking at well, what could work. Right. Definitely. Yeah, hopefully that I know it was delivered in story form today, but if people just pick apart the pieces there, there is there is some huge things that led to this happening. So many huge things. And I and I think one of the reasons that we want to do this episode today where we're at right now is because you guys are doing this right now. This isn't like a yeah. a, a retrospective like looking back 10 years from now right. on how this multi multi million dollar business was built. This is the point of ignition. Yeah. Where it's really happening and I'm very excited at the idea of having Robin on here with uh, with her list of bullets and uh, Yeah. And for, you know, for the other reasons I said to give you a hard time along with me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I just, uh, funny enough, while you were just talking, I just pulled up the stats. There has been a 486% growth since last month. That is definitely acceptable. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, why don't we wrap this one up here and then we'll get Robin on a follow-up episode at some point in the not too distant future. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, we'll check in with you guys on how that's going and all of the tips that, that she has, which I imagine might even be completely different than the ones that you and I would share because this is really her first business, which is super exciting. Yeah, definitely. She she really has like learned from the ground up in the last 36 months. So she'll bring a unique perspective. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. I'm sure you guys had takeaways and ideas and things like that from this episode. We'd love to hear from you guys. Message us. Let us know what what's going on in your world. In the meantime, we're going to wrap it up and we'll talk with you guys you next can't time. can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We're ending on that note. All right. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. 
For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.